You guys are so lucky, by the way, because Josh Allen's coming on This Is Football tomorrow, so I can't drop that name. Oh, nice. I can't even tell you who's coming on. We had TJ Watt, though, so I'm going to drop that name. Recording, so we already got this. We're going to find a way to put your pathetic name dropping in the show anyway. Speaking of names, here we go, 54321. <clears throat> Off top, you know Donald Duck's middle name? Fontelroy. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Fox Surf Show. <laughs> I'm Dominique Fox Surf. My great co-host is here, Charlie Kravitz, and we are joined by Kevin Fauntleroy. Clark is in the building. He's already started name dropping before the show even started. Yeah. He's out here trying to impress us with all the fancy guests that he has. Well, we have a better guest than you've ever had. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are... I swear to God, uh, there was a, I had talked to a college class today and they said, said, the professor said, send the episode that you are most proud of this year of your show. And I sent the Dominique Foxworth episode. What class? I was at Marist University. Uh, nah, they don't even play football there. I don't respect them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they respect you now after listening to 45 minutes of you uh, were counting your glory days. Yeah, whatever. I don't care about them. All right. I care about <laughs> NFL football. And you know what I care about? 49ers versus Bengals. Yeah. So we got a whole situation here, Charlie. Set it up for me, please. Sorry. I got distracted by the fact that you were just name dropping during college lectures. <laughs> um, but I digress. Okay. So 49ers, Bengals. Kevin, Dominique, I'm fascinated by this game because right now it looks like Brock Purdy's not going to play, which means it's Sam Darnold season. And you have all of these online football experts who are so excited to have their yeah. priors be proven right, that Brock Purdy's not actually good and Sam Darnold's supposed to be good. But this is an interesting game in a larger sense than that. The 49ers have lost two games in a row, maybe losing their grasp on their division. And the Bengals haven't played a good offensive football game yet. Even though Burrow's been more and more healthy, their offense has still been anemic. So who needs a win more, and who needs a good offensive performance more, the Bengals or the 49ers? <sighs> oh, classic football question. I'll answer it <laughs> eventually. But first, I just want to talk a little bit more about the quarterback situation in uh, San Francisco. So uh -huh. I took a while to come around on Brock Purdy. And the very week when I decided, you know what? Brock Purdy's really good. He started stinking, and I, I understand that upon further review, things were not as bad in last week's game as we thought, but he threw some really questionable interceptions, and he also, like the prior week, I know he led them on a game-winning drive despite the fact that the kicker missed the kick, but that was a lot of uh, Brandon IU yards after catch. So there's always going to be a question floating around uh, Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks. is How much of it is them and how much of it is the system? particularly when what they do does not jump off the page. So, like, there are guys like Patrick Mahomes where you can obviously yeah. tell even though Andy Reid is a great football mind and they have uh, Kelsey and they had Hill, they had a lot of talent, you could see the things that he was doing. Same thing with Josh Allen and uh, Lamar Jackson. You can see even Jalen Hurts, who uh, you could say probably has some of the best supporting cast of anybody in football. You can still see what he adds to the game. It's hard to find that for Brock Purdy and then combine that with the Shanahan respect that we all have for his offensive masterminding. And it gets really easy to doubt Mr. Irrelevant. 
Yes. I am fascinated by the sort of parlor game we play where people like Tua and Brock Purdy are products of the system. And yet, as you mentioned, we don't give, we don't qualify the success of anybody like Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, all of those guys. Um, it's, it's really strange how we divvy up credit in this league. I think that, and to push back against some of those online football experts, um, I love them. I'm, I, I, I have deep friendships. I have Steven Ruiz. Oh, coming for his neck. He's a terp. You get off of him. He's right. Cause he went to Maryland. <laughs> he's, one of my, he's one of my favorite people in media, but I, and he has gone against significantly, uh, significantly um, higher on my favorite people list than either of you two guys. Um, but what I'll say is that to to read into this game in the way that I think people want to, I'm not accusing Stephen of this at all. I haven't even heard any of his takes. Don't it's only been f- 15 hours. I can text him, but uh, I have to text him with his phone number. I have his phone number. I have <laughs> <laughs> but um, to read into this in the way I think Twitter wants to is to is to do exactly what they accuse the Brock Purdy people of, which is small sample size, um, extrapolating just huge ideas over on just maybe a couple hundred plays um, and overrating wins as a stat. Um, like Kyle Shannon makes everybody better. We have a lot of proof on this. And what was strange to me about the Purdy discourse, guys, is like, there were all these people, especially because Ruiz is right about Purdy and that Purdy is has been overrated by Niners fans, okay? But I think the other part of it is like every all you have to do is be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And like that's the baseline, and you will appear to be magnificent in this offense. It's just the thing Kyle Shanahan set up. And I think a lot of people are saying, well, he's better than Garoppolo. Yeah, Garoppolo sort of stunk. We we sort of see that now. Um Garoppolo was not anything. And so I actually think that the Bengals have a lot more to prove in this game because the Niners are a going to make the playoffs no matter what. Um, and B like I'm significantly more fascinated in what happens to Joe Burrow than Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow, his rating this year on intermediate throws is 44. Bryce young is second worst and everybody's ragging on Bryce young, but Joe, Joe Burrow is worse on intermediate throws on deep passes. He has thrown 16 Burrow, not young. He's completed two of those six. Stat me down. Um, I'm statting you down, but I saw a stat earlier. I don't have it written down because I'm uh, I'm sloppy. But um, but Jamar Chase and Christian McCaffrey are the only two guys who have over thirty percent mm-hmm. of their team's yards from scrimmage, right? And Chase has more yardage, well, a higher percentage of his uh, of the team's yardage than McCaffrey does. Like and this. it's really just. Like Chase is dragging that team across the finish line right now. I like. I don't it. think we realize that because we have the the name Joe Burrow, but like he's not Ooh, anywhere close to where he needs to be. Well, I mean, no, he, no, no, he, no, no, I, no. I already don't, statted you down. Don't you statted, statted me down? You, down. you statted he me down. He is not playing you, you, the way he okay. should play. No, and don't like, back off. We of this. always overrate. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me. You gave a lot of words and a lot of numbers that kind of softened what you're actually saying. So I'm going to translate it directly to camera, Kevin. Clark says that Joe Burrow is a product of Jamar Chase. That's what I just heard. He's a Jamar Chase product in the same way that people say that Brock Purdy is a Kyle Shanahan product. Jamar Chase is out here making Joe Burrow, making us think Joe Burrow better than he is. I like it. I'm I don't know that I agree with you, but I like it. For this year, until mm. Joe Burrow no, no, Get no, out of no. here with your qualifiers. I'm, I'm not, Don't soften it, qualifying coward. It. Qualifiers. I'm unqualifying it. I'm unqualifying <laughs> okay. it. I'm saying it, to the, saying it to the camera. Okay. Um, 
Until Joe Burrow becomes Joe Burrow again, Jamar Chase is propping him up. Oh. That's it. Like, if you just look at the stats, just look at the stats, and there's no other narrative that can be drawn from it. Joe Burrow is amazing, but right now he's not. And, like, okay, we saw some momentum from the last game. I, I saw some throws that looked like every every single time he has a good throw, everybody's you, like, well, back to normal. Are you and unwilling, I just don't think he's anywhere close yeah, to Are that. you unwilling to afford them the the benefit of the doubt that, they start every year slow because that's like kind of what uh, well, Bengals yeah. fans are telling themselves. And Joe Burrow's hurt. Well, he, he's he's getting healthy. Well, so it's it's more than just that, though. There's actual specifics to it this year, which is right. um, T. Higgins. Obviously, it's Joe Burrow's calf injury. T. Higgins should be the healthiest he's been all season this year. We got he hurt his ribs in week one, which is why Jamar Chase is leading the NFL in targets. Just followed up our beautiful little Puka Nakua. Uh, but also the fact that they had to be in shotgun the entire season. Yeah. With Joe Burrow not under center, there's no running game. And they were 31st in, in uh, pass block win rate. So it's basically they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't protect Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow couldn't move. And he only had one competent target out there. I like you. Did you see the report? Yeah. Well, I have a report, which is that as of yesterday, oh, it's competitive now. <laughs> Joe Burrow is taking snaps under center. Let's go. Oh, he's back. I He's thought, back, baby. I thought we were going into a stat off. I thought we were about to have a stat off. It's what no, it felt I like have, we were I having a stat off. Tangible practice news. He yeah. knows that um, kick of capital J, Jono. So he's like, I got you here. So, no, I, I, the calf injury, it, it's all starting slow is a wide spectrum. Yeah. And there have been years where, okay, he comes out the ACL. That's the first year he, he was at least struggling in camp a little bit, coming off the ACL the next year. His vision isn't sharp and all that stuff that I, I talk about all the time. And then he starts starts slow that way. Next year, he gets an a, appendix surgery, misses camp, starts slow that year. The calf injury to me is the most damaging to you. I mean, like, I'd much rather, ha I, I don't want to compare these two things, but like, if somebody's saying like, when can you be returned? When can you return to normal? I'd much rather in an athletic endeavor have appendix surgery than a calf injury. Mm -hmm. And we don't know, I don't know how, exactly how you can, maybe one of those Twitter doctors compare those two <laughs> timelines, yeah. but like you can re-injure your calf at any time. I think your appendix, I'm not sure of the dynamics of appendix surgery, but like you're good once that all gets sorted out surgically, so, I think. So according to this new report in the athletic that was just reported, a couple of days ago, the calf in, the calf injury has become a non-story in the words of Joe Burrow. Yeah. He said all Great. offensive levers can be pulled now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF.
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Appendix, I think he's been saying that for a while. The appendix stores uh, certain healthy types of gut bacteria and otherwise could be altered and changed during an intestinal illness or with overuse of antibiotics. Okay. I don't know how that impacts your arm strength, but like a problem. I mean, he missed camp and he started slow because of it, but like, the calf injury, the, the thing that has worried me, I picked the Bengals to to win the Super Bowl. I am as high on Joe Burrow as anybody who's not an LSU fan or a Bengals fan. Um, and I think that I hand-waved that calf injury to a degree in which I shouldn't have. And I'm sort of kicking myself because I think the the any media bias is towards coherence. And like we overrate these guys who've done it before. We sometimes don't believe what our eyes tell us because guys have a track record. Um, and so I'm upset at looking at the calf injury and saying, this is no big deal because it is like, that's, there are certain injuries, Dominique, that I think linger. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers with his thumb last year, where it's like, it goes away until week 18. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, my thumb I'm losing the lions. That sucks. So do you think that this season is lost for them? I guess my question, it feels like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of looking back and a lot of hoping forward, but there's yeah. not a lot of projection. I'm not saying that you know the truth, but I guess what I'm trying to get to is every season like this one, they've bounced back and been pretty good. Am I to believe that you believe the calf injury is is different? And before you answer, I'd like you to know that 7% of Americans have their appendix removed. Statted you down about appendixes. Um, and also before you answer, I just want you both to know the upcoming schedule is at 49ers versus the Bills versus the Texans at the Ravens versus the Steelers at the Jaguars. All right. Thank you. Um, so that was a That was a good contribution. So, I mean, give my man Charlie a, a proper thank you. I Don't give him a sarcastic. Well, your face didn't love it, apparently. You just, you gave him, it, see, that's a sarcastic <laughs> You maybe you just you got rest in sarcasm. I'm gonna face. look. Uh, yeah, no, no, I've heard that before. You should smile more. <laughs> um, I will not be smiling more. Um, nothing to smile about in this life, Dominic Foxworth. <laughs> um, all right, so I, I, I he kind of got me off off track there, but uh, the lost season question. Yes, my concern, and it has been my concern since week two. So the defense is causing turnovers is pressuring the quarterback and is keeping them in game. So there's a reason that they're not out of this thing right now. Um, and it's the fact that they have a really good roster. My concern is that Joe Burrow's calf doesn't get all the way back until December, early January, and that it becomes a math problem with all the good teams in the AFC North that they just don't even make the playoffs or they get the seven seed or whatever. If they can, tread water and get 
a the first wild card spot, something like that, then I think it's a different equation. Um, it's just about how they can bridge the next month will be crucial. Um, and, and how they can bridge that and steal wins and then wait and bridge the gap until Burrow becomes Burrow again. I do believe it will happen. I'm just kicking myself because it's, it's a significantly longer. I mean, like when we first saw the Joe Burrow injury at training camp, everybody was like, uh, oh, he's getting carted off. And so the fact that he yeah. was able to come back week one is, is remarkable. And yet again, stupid people like me were like, he's going to be hundred percent week one. That's just not realistic. Um, and, and if it is, um, he's not going to be the same guy he is because of how much he is. He's a fuel player. I love the guy. I just think it's going to be a while until he's he's that guy again. So thank God for Jamar Chase. All right. I was going to completely avoid answering Charlie's question, but since, I mean, since Kevin's been so... He answered it. Yeah, I know. Respectful. I, yeah. Seven, Kevin's, not sarcastic King, Kevin Clark. Not sarcastic. So thank I'm, you, Charlie. I'm going to go ahead and answer it because I want to show all the respect to Charlie that I can, even though he's showing this show no respect by wearing a backwards hat. and That's true. And hiding his luscious locks. It's a, golf a backwards hat, hat kind of guy. <laughs> you are not a backwards hat type of guy. Uh, I, I got to send you a picture of Charlie. I found Charlie a beautiful floral coat. Answer the question. It was oh, so You do everything to not talk about the 49 well, I will say this, Charlie. I am disappointed because your hair is too long. That's why you are in the hat. That's exactly right. when your right. hair is too long, that's when you're peaking. Yeah. Like, my hair is currently too long, and I'm cooking with it. Let it, <laughs> let it rage. Look at it. Yeah, Look just just hair. do something with it. Don't I'll wear a hat. Don't don't deprive the people of a of a beautiful mane. That Thanks, Mom great. and Dad. That, that hair, not yours, Charlie. But Kevin's hair definitely could get a better interest rate than anybody right now if they wanted to buy a house. Look at that hair. It looks so trustworthy and responsible. All right, like, all right let's, let's answer the question. Oh, okay. the right. 49ers Who needs it more? The Bengals need it more. I think the Bengals need it more. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I think they need to win more. I, I have uh, come to appreciate that no matter what happens with the quarterback in Cleveland, that team's going to be tough. Uh, and no matter what happens with any position in Pittsburgh, that team's going to be tough. And the AFC in general feels to me like it's going to be a lot tougher than the NFC. I think the 49ers have a uh, easier road to hoe, and they can also um, use the our quarterback's hurt excuse if things if they lose this game or our left tackles hurt our number one receivers hurt uh and yeah so i think generally this game means a little bit more to the Bengals this season than it does to the 49ers it's uh we it's, agree it's a road to hoe right not road yeah. it's like a farming thing right you yeah. hoe in rows of crops so can i ask you, you really are not for my tangents today yo can i ask you about the 49ers part of this because there are a couple interesting things power through because of the Bengals not being able to block that well, 49ers are, have not had a dominant pass rush this season. We, we focused on that after their last loss. Is this a get-right spot for that? And then also, we, we've done a really good job. We talked about the game on a deeper level, but we ignored the, the Darnold fact about this. Yeah. Darnold is most likely playing in this game. This is someone who is a theoretical ball of talent that we were hoping Kyle Shanahan can make into something interesting. But he's, a, he's an interesting case because um, this is a good stat. For the first few years of his career, he sucked a lot. Um, <laughs> that's not yeah. a stat. Yeah, that's a stat. Like that. that's, that's scientific. The guy sucked. But then uh, last year, he finished the year playing pretty well from, from weeks 12 through 16, and he was good again in, the, in training camp. Is this a situation where he's always going to be the Sam Darnold we know, or is there a chance he actually plays well in this offense immediately? I, I was expecting when you were going to make the case he didn't suck anymore 
that it was going to be some big sample size. You no. just give a month of football it's five plus games. a training 8. camp. 8.8 yards per attempt in those five A month of football games. plus a, a unnamed training camp. You mean this training camp? And no stats. It's this training camp, yeah. He was good in this training so, camp. And no What stats. evidence do you have on that? Uh, the Word on the street. 49ers beat reporter for The Athletic. Word on the street. What was, how did they phrase that? He was good this training camp? <laughs> uh, he played well again this preseason for the 49ers. Nice. Great. Um, I mean, isn't the whole thing about the 49ers? I guess, I, okay, we get it. you were at the camps. You could give us the actual scoop. No, I wasn't at 49ers camp, so I'm, I'm going to trust, uh, I assume, uh, Matt Barrows, Lombardi. Look at David him Lombardi. showing off. I know all the big reporters of the athletic. I don't know. I don't know. All right, so um, I the whole thing about Kyle Shannon is make quarterbacks look better. Right. So, again, we're grading on a curve here. Jimmy Grapple looked really good. C.J. Beathard looked really good. Um, who was the other guy? Nick Mullen, yep. he looked really good. Yeah. A lot better than, than he should. And so, like, playing well in the preseason with Kyle Shanahan is not a thing. But I saw... Um, you. Trey Lance. I, not good. Trey? Uh, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> He's the one they guy. He's the one guy. So they sent him back. They traded him. Uh, and they traded him. Go ahead. No, I think the... um. <clears throat> I generally, I, from my my opinion, generally of quarterbacks, particularly ones drafted in the first round, is they're all good, and it's the context around them, the situation, the court, the coach, the receivers, the offensive line that are undercutting their ability. So I do believe that if you are in a good situation, you have the talent. If you're a first round quarterback, and it's not nothing in life is absolute, but. Most of the time, there is a model that you could succeed with a first-round quarterback. I don't see why Sam Darnold is, other than you could argue that he's just broken like uh, David yeah. Carr because he came into the Jets. Like, that's a bad spot, guys. It's a tough situation to be in. Uh, and from there, he went to a team that had fired their coach midseason and was moving on. Like it, He hasn't been in a good spot. So if I am Sam Darnold's parents, this is what I'm telling him and telling my friends. If I'm in Sam Darnold's camp, one of his homeboys, like they all ruined you. You're finally in your spot. This is your chance to ball out. And honestly, like you, you mentioned all the names, it's hard to imagine that Sam Darnold won't have some success like all of these other quarterbacks who are less yeah. ta physically talented than Sam Darnold did it. So he should be able to also. He'll play better than he has. But let me ask you a question. When has like, I'm finally settled. I've had a change of scenery. When has that worked for quarterbacks? That's Tannehill. <sighs> yeah. Tannehill. But even Tannehill, but, but, but even Tannehill came in as a backup. And like, I remember talking to guys in Tennessee about that. And they're like, the best thing about Ron Tannehill is he came in, like and did his role as Marcus Mariota's backup, didn't make any noise, and then eventually, when the door was opened by Marcus Mariota being bad, Tannehill went in there. And I guess you could say Darnold was doing the same thing, but it was a little bit more of an open competition this year. Um, it's it's rare. Brett Favre. That they traded a second round pick for Brett Favre. I thought the question was you went to another location. What's, what was the specific question? No, like you like, sucked somewhere like the, and then yeah. you you okay. sucked somewhere and now it's like oh he's finally settled. He just gets to okay, got you. Focus on ball. Yeah. No distractions here. And yeah, that doesn't really happen too often. It doesn't really ever happen. First time for everything. Hmm. Hey Dominic, you mentioned the first round quarterback thing. Is there a guy? Because I actually had a discussion about Tim Couch the other day, and it was interesting to me because like people around Tim Couch, like Bruce Arians. Talk about how like he was actually really good, and yeah. he just got failed by injuries and bad offensive line. Is there a first round pick? You're just like, actually, this guy was amazing, and he just got totally flunked out. Uh, I think, hmm. I mean, I could think of quite a few, I, I guess. So, like, the first that comes to mind is like Michael Vick, which is probably not the best example, well. but I feel like yeah. his 
his talent was not supported. They were running I formation offense like they weren't quite ready to uh, to play for Michael Vick. That comes to mind. Jim Moore running the West Coast offense. Yeah, that wasn't really that uh, offense that is predicated on accuracy and timing wasn't really the best offense for uh, the best athlete the position has ever seen. So, yeah. Do you know how many points per game Tim Couch averaged as a junior in high school in basketball? Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. I'd say Um, 28. It sounds like he might have been a freak show if you're asking this question because I never even heard about his his basketball career. I'm going to say 36. 36 on the dot. <laughs> Where did he play? He's in Kentucky. He scored 3,000 points in his high school career. He's like, uh, he's got a great Wikipedia page, an all time Wikipedia deep dive because he was like, could he have played at UK? Yeah. Hoops yeah. at UK? Yeah. He was Mr. Basketball. Could he have been like a, the McNabb of, of, of Kentucky? <laughs> uh, probably. I mean, that's so insulting. If you're uh-huh. going to go a uh, Syracuse two sport athlete, you got to go Jim Brown, right? quarterback basketball player it's a yeah, one-to-one yeah. comparison um have Julius you seen how jacked tim couch is now yes i have seen that i saw him in a browns practice a couple years ago here we go you see everybody you're around everybody. he's you there talk what everybody. am i supposed you're... to say am i supposed Nothing. to just in my brain be like Nothing. i he asked yeah, answer, me if i'd seen so how jack answered is. the question yes <laughs> Period. Don't nobody need all this elaboration. We don't need you out here trying to show your bona fides. Oh, I go to training camp. I ain't been to a training camp since I participated in one, and I ain't going back. They're sad places. I'm sorry that you have to go. Um, maybe is that? Do you ever think that me being a training camp is why I know more ball than you do? <laughs> oh, that wasn't a that's joke. Right. Oh. No, that's where I sharpen. That's where I just sit. I just get a chair and I watch practice and I get I get uh. schemes inserted in my brain. I like it. That's why I have you on as my guest to support. That's to, what you do. To, that's what July and August are for. That's I need what, somebody. You get, into, you get into you get into ball shape. I need somebody with real football knowledge to buttress my lack of football awareness on this show. So thank Taking you. Taking dead so aim. Much. I see Tim so. Couch. He's looking buff. I stare straight at him. Where are you? <laughs> You're in suburban Maryland. Suburban Maryland. How disrespectful. I live in D.C., jerk. So, guys, let's move on to the next. Uh, speaking of the Browns, let's move on to what's going on. You look like you live in Virginia. Okay. Okay, we got it. Let's keep, let's keep it going. Great joke. Um, <laughs> it was a good joke for everyone. For everyone who lives in the DMV, yeah, they appreciate yeah, it. He's just crushing it. White guy, Virginia, we got it. Move no, on. it's ahead. not about white guy. You live in D.C., you're white. It's, it's mostly about the hair. It's mostly about the hair. Um, are you... <laughs> I went to UVA's campus over the summer during the camp oh, tour. I actually... God. <laughs> that, they give the you, hold on, hold on, with hold on, the hold on. columns is smaller than I thought. When you walked on UVA's campus, did they give you an honorary degree for looking so damn UVA when you showed up? Um, so let's let's talk about the Browns. It's a good pivot point from Tim Couch. Um, there's a mystery going on in Cleveland. They have a quarterback who might not want to play football. He might be hurt. He might not be hurt. They keep the team keeps telling us he's not hurt. His camp keeps leaking information. That he's got yeah. micro tears and bruises in his shoulder, and he's not right, and it's going to take two to six weeks. And then a baseball pitcher would miss a month with this injury. Right. That's my favorite report. Um, Thanks for that. Are you beginning to wonder if there's more going on than just the injury there with Deshaun Watson and the Browns? <laughs> beginning to wonder? Beginning to wonder. <laughs> um, Starting there's, to wonder. There's way more going on. Um, also, there's been a lot going on since the day they traded for him. Uh, if you don't want conspiracy theories, stop contradicting yourself, Cleveland Browns. Um, 
every the timeline of this has been so screwed up. I mean, my thing is, and I go back to the initial report on this from the local beat writers, and it was that they don't want him to throw until he's pain free. Dominique, uh, I know you were soft, but I think most athletes would be surprised to learn that you can't play pain free in the National Football League. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. Like Mahomes is just constantly walking around in a toe that must look like absolute garbage because he just hurt his, you know, the little limps he does after every throw. Like, imagine him being like, eh, I'm not pain free. I'm going to take a month off. Um, that So that was the initial report. And that's when I saw that alarm bell started to go off. Like, this is this is a little strange. I know throwing yeah. throwing <laughs> arms are, are, are a different type of deal, but still. So I think I was, that 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 to me doesn't speak to, like I hope they aren't being literal. Like I, I think there's a certain type of pain that you're like, oh no, this is the type of pain that I don't want to fight through. You're yeah. right. You you play one snap of football and you are in pain and you will be in varying levels of pain for the rest of the season. But if it is your AC joint, that's a whole different yeah. thing. Your AC joint shouldn't hurt. The muscles around your shoulder. I could understand someone saying, I he's not going to play until this joint is pain-free. Yeah. I can't understand him saying, well, without the muscle soreness. So you play quarterback, you're going to throw the ball a lot, your arm's going to get sore, you're going to get hit a lot, you're going to be sore, there's going to be pain in football. So I'm assuming that that's what they mean. Because there are certain types of pain that it's not worth playing through, and there's certain types of pain that it are that is worth playing through. And normally when you're one, at the most important position and you're getting compensated at the level you are and your team is obviously built to win right now, that's normally a, that's normally a trade-off you make. It's like, all right, I'm going to take the risk of doing further damage to my body and, and, and go out there and play. And I think that's probably the crux of the – argument is like other guys yeah. have played with this level of pain and he's not willing to guaranteed contract yeah do you do you find yeah guaranteed contract which do i mean find it, it, hold on time, time, time an unguaranteed contract wouldn't have changed this by the way well because okay it wouldn't but but do you see the irony that had the baker mayfield probably cost himself 80 yes. million dollars by throw by playing through a shoulder injury and Deshaun Watson's like, I'm actually good here. I'm, I'm going to, and also like the whole thing, like he's cl medically cleared and he's not medically cleared. Like the, he's going to start against the Seahawks. Then he's not going to start. They're going to focus on his rehab. Something, something strange is I going mean, I on. Think I thought the most egregious thing is that they said that he would have come back in the game Sunday if PJ Walker had gotten hurt. And it's like, wait, he can, he's that he's okay to play in that. Like just, so, I, someone needs to have a meeting, like whoever it is on Zoom or in, in a conference room, and these guys need to get their story straight because right. they're kind of embarrassing themselves that's, right now. That's even, the most, even if it's a messaging failure. That's the most concerning part to me is that it seems clear that they're not on one accord. They're competing camps, and that's it. Like the story, the information is coming out from different places meant to, to impact the public or the player or the team in different ways. So that's the more concerning part because if they were on the same page, then we would get one message. He's not going to play through he's pain-free or he's not ready to play. The fact that certain things are leaking and some things are coming from the team and that Deshaun is obviously contradicting the things that come from the team. That is an issue that even if he starts playing better, it's going to be hard to rectify. Or I think it's probably harder for him to start playing better and for this team to play better until they are all on the same page. But yeah, it's not a team that I think anybody is sad is losing right now. So Charlie, the short answer to your question is yes, we do. We are officially starting to wonder if something's going on. <laughs> Mystery. The guaranteed contract thing, and I, I've heard that a bunch. Like that wouldn't change anything. It's the second contract. 
So a first contract is you're playing for the second contract. They're, the guaranteed contract, if he had a fully guaranteed contract or partially guaranteed contract, it wouldn't change the fact that he's playing or not because the money is coming and you can't change that. It's not like he – it's like an incentive-laden contract. That might change things. Yeah. So the other thing that I thought reading this is that, like, the Browns really stood by Watson when they acquired him and were really, like, firm in that stance. And now he's not very good at football. And I'm guessing that they're sort of growing tiring, tired of him and they're not even hiding it anymore. And that seems to be why there's not a united front yeah. on this. Also, that he's not relevant to whether or not they right. win a bunch of games. Like, I don't think that... How much would the line move if Deshaun Watson was cleared to play Sunday? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Mike, so the wrong that's way. bad. Mike, the wrong way. It's bad. <laughs> it was interesting. I mean, I have no, I, I have no insight. I'm not going to say he's anything about the injury all i'm going to say is i once talked to a hockey player no big deal and he was like it was, he had just retired and somebody said to him they were like hey we were like in a group of people and they were like when did you know and he was like one day you stop looking forward to games because you get embarrassed in games and you like practice more than the games because you just don't want to go out there because you know you don't have it and when I see all of these contradictory reports and Deshaun not seem seeming eager to go into the games, I wonder if this is, I don't wonder, I know this is the worst he's ever played by a wide margin at any point in his career. He had never lost a game by more than one score until a uh, playoff game in 2018, I believe. Um, he won. All the time. And even when he was playing in Houston and they had Jack Easterby doing his weird Jonathan Isaac stuff, like he he was still putting up incredible numbers and was able to say, I'm I'm good. I'm still the best player on this team. The Jonathan Isaac reference may seem out of left field, but if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that Kevin Clark is a big Magic fan. And he only became a Magic fan when Jonathan Isaac when they drafted Jonathan Isaac, I believe, right? Well, no, it was when I started to buy Jonathan Isaac's uh, conservative athleisure <laughs> brand. I just, just, I looked it up and I was like, this guy plays for the Magic, and then I, I, I don't I know why we're to... so out of control today. It's the it's best. It's the today. best. It's so um, much fun. Well, let, let's pivot to basketball. Uh, by the way, 2009 Magic, a lot closer to uh, winning that title than we give him credit for in that series against the Lakers. Anyway, Hito, Hito and Richard were honored at the game last night. Huh. I, uh, yeah. I met. Richard Lewis, here's my name drop at the Kentucky Derby. We placed a lot of bets together. Had a great time. A lot of I've jealous. never met him. Was that amazing? Oh, yeah. It was a great time. He was one box over. We, we hung out, cheers a bunch as he won bets and I lost some of my bets. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, they told a story on the broadcast. Richard told a story on the broadcast last night that Hito, every time Stan asked him to defend, pretended he didn't speak English, which I think is amazing. On brand. Um, so speaking of someone who can, who can defend, we got real Wemby basketball last night. What was your takeaway from watching him play in an NBA game? I have a couple takeaways. Number one, I'm intrigued to see how they referee him. Um, and I also think that he has the capability to break the league. And I also sat on around the horn. I was hammering the over on 17.5 points, and he went under. <laughs> so... So I'm you, not the expert. You don't have any takeaways, huh? It seems like he asked you for a takeaway and you gave him a question and a possibility. I wonder how the refs are going to treat him. And he has the potential to take over the league. So did you see that he will take over the league? I mean, just no, affirmative. what I'm saying is, is that 
from from the eye test, you look at him and you say, this guy's going to break the league. He should be like someone was saying the other day, he should, he should be the front runner for defensive player of the year just by kind of the way he plays and his body type. And I just think uh, we should maybe give it a couple months before uh, we have any any of the takeaways Charlie Kravitz mm-hmm. is asking for. I got takeaways. I also think My well, takeaway the other thing is, is, is that the pop, rest pop, of- pop's Pop is going to keep him in bubble wrap, even though he wants to play in two games. Okay. My takeaway is the rest of the league, you got five years to win all the championships you can. In five years, it's Under. over for you. Wimby's going to have a team around him. Two. two years. Okay. I'm with you. Two years, Wimby is going to win all the titles from then on out because he's a perfect basketball player. But let me ask you a question. What does that have to do with last night's game? I saw last night's game that he could do it. I didn't know until I saw it. But you accused me of not having a takeaway of last night's game. I just gave you a takeaway from last night. You could have given that one on August 3rd. I could not have because he hadn't played in an NBA game yet. I saw him in a real NBA game, and I saw the impact that he had. That's the takeaway from last night's game. What did you do last night that changed your mind? It was the block on the mid-range game, the help defense on the mid-range block. He did that in preseason. He did that in France. It's preseason, and that's France. It's not NBA record. It's okay to say you're wrong. Stop fighting. Kevin, I've got bad news for you. Spurs Magic 2028 NBA Finals. That was my that was my takeaway from last I, night. Um, 2028, yeah, five years. Isaac, Jonathan, Isaac. <laughs> Who knows where he'll be by then? Um, but no, the the thing with Wemby, there were a few things that jumped out more to me watching this game than they were in the preseason or summer league. Which is one, the movement, the lateral movement is insane. Um, he is a he is a seven foot four, seven foot five guard. I think he moves as well as young Durant, which is like jarring to see with how big he is on the floor. And two, um, the fouls, yeah, it's going to be how they referee him. The second foul he took at the end of the first quarter was silly. That's an experienced foul. When you're the best player on the team, you don't pick up, you don't take that second foul. Yeah. You let the guy get the lap. But more, he is a more reckless basketball player and mover than I thought, which is really yeah. endemic of the fact that he is a young basketball player. But seeing him jump out on every single three, be that aggressive contesting every single three. It's freakish because he can get there and because he can contest, contest shots from one foot inside the paint. But it's also one of those things where it's like, you're going to pick up more fouls. You have a chance of landing on someone and you're seven foot five and can protect the paint better than anyone. So those are things like <coughs> and the fact that he's got so much room to grow, like as an experienced basketball player with how well he moves now, how a complete the skill set is, is jarring. And uh, Kevin, you thought that Charlie asked us for takeaways because he actually wanted to know to what our something. takeaways were. He just wanted a way to set up no. himself to tell us what he thought the takeaways were. And he's a reckless out. basketball I player. I want his basketball takes in here soiling. It. I want it all cut out. They're not going to cut it out because they like him more than me because he's a producer. All right, Kevin. Do you guys wait hold on. Do you guys want to hear what Chris Chris Haynes just dropped before we before oh. we let let you go, Kevin? Because this one this is a doozy. Um, said that James Harden tried to board the Sixers team flight to Milwaukee and the and security stopped him and denied him el- entry. Elton Brand and Nick Nurse then told him he has to stay behind and follow their workout plan before he can be with the team. This is getting fun. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, don't, I don't have a takeaway on that. It just is fun, interesting news. So how right, long did he get traded? You, well, you got, Foxworth, Foxworth, let me ask you a question. If James Harden got traded to the Spurs right now, how would that change your outlook on Wemby's next five years? Um, it would change um, my outlook on James Harden's next five years. Say, congratulations, James Harden. You about to get a ring, and everyone's going to change their tune about you. You don't think Harden would, like, just totally tank the franchise? Nope. 
You demand a trade okay. immediately. Nope. If you're Wimby, <laughs> Wimby is too good a basketball player. He's uncorruptible. That team cannot be broken as long as Wendy. It's a Wimby short flight to Vegas, though. That is a short flight to Vegas good. from San Antonio. Good. Mm. Get Wimby out there. Let some steam off. He needs to relax. Ooh. Keep uh, Britney Spears away from him now if he goes to Vegas. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Too many churros. That was fun. Now let's go to Roses and Thorns. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Time for your favorite segment with my favorite person, Roses and Thorns, with my wife, Ashley. Hey, bud. You're my favorite person, too. I know. I, I mean, especially, well, this is not a sexually suggestive joke, but last night I was really your favorite person. As I came home, yes, it, it was. There was no sex last night, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I yeah. was gonna say last night I was your favorite person, but I, knowing me, people would have thought that I was yeah, like saying, but it was. But it was because my son has been really like wanting to stay up all night and read, and like that, just like we have like a solid bedtime. So like, yeah, you're reading. That's something like good but also you need to go the f to sleep and he's been waking up just fine so he proves us he's like i told you i wouldn't be tired but anyway and so i've been frustrated since dominique's been away or even sunday because you weren't you were working sunday night so the past three nights i've been trying to like convince him to stop reading and go to bed um with varying levels of success and last night he had that boy in bed before his bedtime lights off although this morning he woke up and he was tired he said see I told you it was better to go to bed. Like <laughs> you made me get all dad made me get all that sleep last night, and now I'm tired. I'll be tired all day. Was nah, like, he was fine. He warmed up. We did our bike ride oh, to good. to school, and he was in a good place, and it was all good. But it is getting cooler outside because it's fall. So I don't know if bike rides will continue, but all the other fall stuff that you love, you you're like I know that like seasonal defective disorder. That's a thing. Seasonal affective disorder. Affective disorder. Did that's I go to the health center in college to get a sad diagnosis? Yes. I Did thought I it was a joke. Diagnosis? No. But I really thought they gave me ADHD instead. And I was like, no, 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 lady. I came here for seasonal affective disorder reasons. <laughs> but as anyone who watches this knows, that that lady was on to something. Well, she missed my sad. <laughs> Although I have the opposite of sad and fall. What is your favorite season? What would you say your favorite season is? Um, I, I don't know. Spring. Summer. I think probably summer. I like summer. Okay, spring is like it. Eh. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like summer. summer too. Yeah. Fall is nice because the thing about fall is growing up, fall is always the return to school. So while it's also 
nice weather um, and leave changing and, and football, I guess. It's also like go back to school. So summer, even though I'm 40 years old, there's something about summer hitting that just like, oh, it's summertime. I, know. I still got to go to work every day. <laughs> I still got to do all the same stuff, but it's summertime. And for me, it's like the kids are home more. So yeah, like for me, I really should hate summer, but I'm a summer. I'm, my birthday's in July. And like you said, people just always will be both all can agree that we always love summer. So I do love summer. I think I have a really bad habit of at the start of every season thinking that that's my favorite season. <laughs> you do. But, I mean, I don't know if it's a, I mean, bad, it's habit, a bad habit, but, but, but you do every, yeah. every like, season. Oh my God. And then you start hating whatever season you're in oh, yeah. towards the end of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's too hot now. It might as well be winter now. Why is it still fall? Like in winter, I'm like, I can't wait to see the flowers bloom. It should be spring. And in spring, I'm like, what's this BS 70 degrees? I need pool weather. You, ju you just, you judge spring, but I think that, Spring and fall are the times when I'm most reminded that you are directly connected to the seasons. Like your happiness is directly because the flowers <laughs> blooming. Is directly connected to so many things. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> the flowers blooming, you act up. You just get so excited when flowers blooming and then leaves changing. Oh my God. So I one time saw like, I was going to try to sound smart and say I read something, but I saw a meme or something like a TikTok video that was like, just like people have triggers and things that they see or that can happen to them that suddenly can kind of um, like worsen their mood or cause them yeah. to feel some like trauma. People conversely should look for things called glimmers. At least this is what this video called it. And there are things that like the opposite of trigger, like you see it and suddenly you're like, oh my God, like you're more alive, you're happier, you're more peaceful, you're more calm, whatever. Fall leaves are a glimmer for me. Like every year, like I drive around and have like nearly, it's shocking I don't get into accents because of it, because I have like nearly orgasmic experiences <laughs> when I like see a really beautiful color leaf or like when you're looking, you we live in a sound. city. I do, I'm like, oh, and I'm like kids. And the kids know, they're like, mom, that's a good one. Mom, you're gonna love that one. I'm like, oh my God, let's stop. <laughs> Let's take a picture. Yeah, yeah. I'm not posting these pictures. I'm not doing anything. I just want to hold on to that glimmer. So, you know, as much as it's kind of like ridiculous of me to have this like obsession with all of the seasons, I love that I find little glimmers in that's, I mean, many of them. That's one thing you can't control, though. So like saying it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, I guess you could you can't control your reaction to something. And that's like a nice one. It's a no, cool, it is. It brings me reaction. so much. Like I can be you having. Said, when you said something about reading uh, and that's not triggering people, it reminded me that uh I have whatever defect that has benefited me in life that uh, I don't like a, or I like a good challenge. Um, last week on the show, you said, how many books have I started and not finished? Oh, he's finished so, the book now. So I am determined to finish the book that I read now. And I also thought of like three books in the last year that I finished that I couldn't think of. Good was, job, babe. I read a whole book on a three-day trip to Miami once. It was about religion or something it was interesting so i can read i have actually a fall related rose for him so it's, much spite i'm gonna read the shit out of this book with so much ferocity because you judged me i'm sure he's really gonna retain everything he reads it don't matter book. i would have um, done it mission accomplished finish line his rose is that the hugger rose aka the metro tigers his black football team that he coaches my son's team they had to like they didn't get a buy into the playoffs yeah we were like they, in the middle of the pack so the first two teams got a buy and we didn't and they had to win they had a great game last Sunday yeah, we and we're excited to see, or last Saturday, excited to see their game tomorrow or in two yeah. days Saturday. I mean, we got a lot of good players. I'm really but, proud of them. We're growing. I'm just, I'm, you know, I don't want to take all the credit, good credit them. So, you know, we just win. Yeah. Um, Coach speak. There you go. What are your favorite things about fall? Mine are obviously leaves and just general festivity, but what are yours? Um, Yeah. I don't know. Winning. Football. I guess. I don't know. I mean, so 
Uh, but it's the same because, like, for me, yeah. even though I love summer, and summer's a harder time for me. Fall, like, work-wise, it's harder for you with football. I think the the fall thing, this feels like a cliche, but, like, when it gets cold, it's nice to put on sweaters and stuff and, like, the way you dress in the fall. I guess that's, like, I don't know. I, I'm not – I we're very different, and it's funny sometimes talking about those differences because, like, your favorite thing about fall – at no point in my entire life have I been like, hmm, what's my favorite thing about this season? While you have a list of ten for every season, I'm like, I don't know. It's whatever. It's, it's a little colder. It's nice. Well, the weather's nice, I think, because summer's really hot, so fall's nice. It's get a little – I don't know. It's fall. Okay. Well, for me, it's the leaves for sure, but also all of the family time and all the yeah. festivities. So, like, I'm so excited to, like – we have a big family – costume brunch probably only 10 percent of the family will be dressed up but guess what the five that are coming from my house we will be um oh, i'm dressed up yeah do you know what you're gonna be did i tell you nope so what happened was what happened was and we can't let my son hear this because my son argues that my youngest daughter has like kind of chosen our family costume or her interests have like led our family costume every year which honestly could be true but she has cute interests um she wanted to be Wednesday from she's never even seen Wednesday, but she wanted to be Wednesday because like, she saw yeah, the Adam's Adam's Family movie, the cartoon. She's seen movie. the Adam's Family, yeah. but she's she loves Wednesday, like the show, and she's never seen the show Wednesday. But it's like popular and she sees like the ads on Netflix and her friends like it and she has like Zara outfits with Wednesday on them that she picks out. So she wanted to be Wednesday, and then my oldest was like, Oh, I could be Morticia. And I was like, oh, I have a pinstripe blazer. I could be, is it Gomez, the dad? Mm -hmm. And Declan, because apparently the kid carries around dynamite and bombs, said if I got him fake dynamite and fake bombs, he would be Pugsley, the brother. Um, and so I was like, because I'm being the dad, right? He's so much smarter than me. Yeah. Because like he he doesn't automatically comply with your ridiculousness. He he negotiates. I'm just yeah. like, all right, whatever you want, cool. It makes you happy. Let's do it. But from here on out, I think I'm gonna start negotiating. Well, not before Saturday because on Saturday you'll be Uncle Fester. Oh, this is when I have. I the even most got leverage. him a brown skin ball cap. <laughs> but he does. He most leverage. <laughs> I'm gonna negotiate. You know what? And that's another rose. You go well, along yeah. with all my. <laughs> he has been the proud family father. He has been. Who were you from Toy Story? Woody probably. He has been. What are some other? Oh, no, he, the year we did Doc McStuffins, you were in New York, so you didn't get to be the dad. But that wasn't easy. That was just like a button-down shirt. Um, but he's done. he's been for a party with me, um, oh, a bring-it-on yeah. male cheerleader. That was super cute, those costumes. Um, but you, all, you do family pictures that you don't want to do, probably. Why do you – how do you decide oh, no, it's, to go along with all my I mean – Why do you? Uh, I appreciate it. Don't think too hard. No, no, no. I, I, I think it's mostly just about the – so – it's about the family. So it's like, these are things that I would never do and I think are ridiculous, but I know that the kids and it feels like a good family thing. And also it's about like, I want to make you happy because that makes everything else a little bit smoother. And there are easy things to comply with. And now, because like you mentioned, I mentioned how Declan is a negotiator at this point. I think it's also important. And I, I think generally as a parent, the thing that I try to do the most is try to demonstrate some behavior that you want them to copy, because at least in our case, it feels like the things that we say don't land nearly as as hard as the things that we do and the things that we sure. say get repeated back to us. So like when particularly since Declan has been more challenging when it comes to getting him to comply with anything that he doesn't want to do. It's like, I want to It's a very independent thing. Yeah. I want to demonstrate, active. I want to demonstrate to him like, yeah, go along with it. It's cool. Let's put on the shirt. Fine. Take it off. It's fine. It'll be okay. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt anybody, him. but I yeah. love this about him. 
And it's funny because you have the different, there are different things for different kids. So like with Avery, I am, I went to her soccer game yesterday and she was pushing girls around and she's like me, she's slim. And so they're the girls out there. All of them than are. Her. They have the tiniest waist. Yeah. It's a. So anyway, I, I, I'll finish oh, my I'm thought so before, you, before you go on to being jealous about how all my kids uh, got all. abs. That's my, all. I mean, my thought was just that I was really, I, I told her afterwards that I was really proud of how tough she was. And because she, every soccer game, in the past few years, she was one of the better players, but at some point she would get knocked down, get knocked down, and everyone be worried about. Be sad. Yeah, everyone be worried about her being hurt, and she was sad. And the girls at this higher level now in middle school are a lot more physical, and she was the aggressor. And I was like, "Get him, Oak." Call we it were, Charles Oakley now. Okay, I remember that. We were at one of her soccer games recently, like early this season before she started being as aggressive. And this one girl just kept knocking her down. And she's 12, but they were playing in a U14 team. So like some of the girls were a lot older and bigger than her. Or, you know, not a lot, but a year or two older, which makes a difference at that age and bigger than her. And so um, she was knocked down a few times. She was getting so sad. And so we yelled out, but I didn't realize, or I yelled out, I was joking. I was like, elbow her back, Avery. Because she never would. Like, it was she like a. She is now. But back then she wouldn't. Bows. And the line judge or whatever looked at me so crazy. I was like, JK, oh, if you knew her, I her old soccer coach was on the side. She was like, she's the sweetest. She's never going to elbow them back. Don't worry. Mm, I was like, I'm sorry. Don't kick now. me out the game. She was using that chicken wing. Ooh. I was so proud. Just ah, flipper. Go, flipper. baby. Go, Giving baby. Giving a flipper. And she loves defense. I think it's because I play defense. But No, uh, she actually don't. Oh, it's she, she tried out for defense and she said that and maybe she gets this mentality from you. But I said, Avery, what made you? Because like she's really fast and used to yeah. like on her old team score a lot of goals. So I said, what made you try out for and want to like ex exclusively play defense? And she said, well, if you had a team that was only offense, you could get a lot of points, but the other team could get more points. If you had a team that was all great defense, you could it's keep the baby. score at zero. And even if it was zero, zero, you, you would tie. But if you had like so I think yeah. it's more important. And her quote was. And I'm someone who likes to do important things. I say, I'm not. I like to do frivolous things. <laughs> Put me at whatever butterfly, whatever butterfly sounds important, whatever little position does not does not do anything. I mean, there's one tradition that I started that I enjoy. Say. Pumpkin smashing. The kids love it. It's great. So at the beginning of every fall season, Ashley decorates our whole porch with probably 15 or so pumpkins and like ugly pumpkins only and uh like uh hay and all types of stuff and it's beautiful and then at the end of uh i guess black yeah, friday it's after black friday after thanksgiving on black friday we take all the pumpkins and smash them up with baseball bats and throw them off and then it's I'm, all his holiday rage <laughs> yeah, and then i'm left alone to clean it up all by myself yes, yes. no the kids helped last year the, the older two helped last year but it's um, a it's a fun tradition it is. That's true. I would like to do a special DC-based segment just for you. Thank you. And we will magically provide some mumbo sauce. So the um, McDonald's is now has mumbo sauce, which is a DC original. And you're from DC. I'm from Baltimore. But when I got to DC or the DC area from Maryland, I got introduced to mumbo Danny's sauce. Danny's wings with yep, mumbo sauce. Danny's wings with mumbo sauce. I got introduced so, to mumbo sauce. So now McDonald's has it around the country. So I would like you, DC native, to tell me how they are doing with their mumbo sauce creation. So I have a few things to say. One, they're already doing bad because most people in DC say yeah, mumbo sauce. They, spell, they it spell it mumbo sauce. So they're already doing bad in that regard. Um, and two, like, yeah, people put it on other stuff. But like most, like I've only ever had mumbo sauce wings. on like wings and fries. Right. So I guess they have fries and chicken nuggets, but it just feels different. But we're going to see. Magic. I honestly, admittedly, probably here. won't be able to tell the difference. Got to give me a second to magically provide it. 
All right. I don't know why Magic. we are giving Woo. McDonald's free advertising. That's confusing. Well, hopefully it's positive advertising. Charlie, call them up. Get them to pay us <laughs> for this. All right. Mumble well, can sauce. I read the ad? I've been listening to uh, some podcasts, and the ad reading is really funny, and I'm going to try. So, yes, let's do it so I can read a McDonald's ad. Thank All right, you. All right, cool. No problem. All right. What do you want, a fry or a nugget? Fry. A fry, yeah. Mumbo sauce on nuggets just feels weird. Excuse yeah. me, Mambo. This makes me think, isn't that, remember that old song from the 90s like or 2000s, like Mambo, Mom, number Mambo five. number five? Yeah. Yes, where they Little bit of Monica. Yes, it doesn't feel DC. It feels like, what's his name, Lewis or Ricky? I don't yeah. know. Right. Um, It feels like that. There you go. Another dip. How you yeah. feel about it? The it fries are not like hot anymore. It tastes sweeter and spicier than what I remember mumbo sauce taking. To be fair, I haven't had, other than like they sell it now. You can buy it at the grocery store, mm -hmm. Capital City Mumbo Sauce. Um, and my kids like it, so we buy it. But I haven't had mumbo sauce from like a carryout it in spicier many years. Than I remember. But it's definitely spicier than what I remember. I like it. It's not sweeter. I but like it's it. It's good. It is good. Two thumbs up, McDonald's, Thanks, on McDonald's. your mambo sauce. Yes. Anyway. Thank you very much. Put DC on the map. I feel like now they need to have an old bay sauce. They did not they need put to go. DC on the map. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Old obviously. bay sauce. They I put DC on the map. You I'm, <laughs> I'm joking about that too. Are you? Um, yeah. Um, no, old bay. Like, like I feel like they need to march through like regions. We're here. He's from Baltimore. We put old bay on so much at our house, just oh, out of respect delicious. to his Baltimore no, it's heritage. It's not out of respect out of my heritage, just because it's good. Old bay is delicious. It's good, and out of respect to his Baltimore heritage. Is old bay even from Baltimore? I know we use it on everything, but I don't know that we created it. But it feels very Maryland, so I do like. Oh, it is Maryland. Good. All right. I'll it take feels it. very Maryland. No, I think it is. I, I think just it is too. Serafina told me in my ear, it is Maryland. Oh, you got tricks. <laughs> I do. I do. We got a little help in the way. Um, thank you, McDonald's, for that lovely treat. Ooh, yeah. and for I had a reason it. to um break my diet today. Oh. Because I claim I don't eat carbs during the week, but I eat carbs like multiple times during the week. <laughs> and normally it's an accident, but this time it was like not an accident, it was for this. It's an accident? How do you slip and fall and get you carbs? You fall into some carbs. You do. <laughs> they just accident? fall into your mouth. Um, yeah, it happens all the uh, time. Pretty sure that excuse will not work for me. So <laughs> <Well>. anyway, <laughs> thank you. This has been great. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Charlie. And of course, Serafina. Great production. Appreciate you. Megan, Kevin, Brian, and Ethan. Thanks, buddy. Congratulations on new job. Have fun out in Cleveland. I will not be coming to visit you, but maybe you could be on the show. And happy Halloween, weekend, everybody. That too. Thank you, Podville. It's the weekend before Halloween. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.